Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey friends, Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 71, How to Get Better Gigs. I gotta admit, this is something I have no idea about. I've been out of the gigging world for so long. Pretty much my life is in my studio, uh, and that's it. I got my cup of coffee, uh, I'm here, I'm writing songs, I'm producing songs, I'm answering briefs, that's where my world is. But Songwriting for Guitar mentor Lainey Dion, her world is gigging. How she primarily makes her income with licensing is doing successful gigs. And she has this down to a T of the formula, the things that she looks for, the, the etiquette you need to go for. So if you're someone who's been struggling, you've been doing the gigs over and over and over again, and even if you're brand new to the idea of the gigging world and it's all new, seriously, this is something you've got to listen to as well because Lainey opened my eyes. You can make a killing on this, but there's a very specific formula you've got to follow. So here we go. Let's dive into episode number 71, Scaling Your Gigs. I'm pumped to have you back on because I want to talk about uh, something that you do really well that I have zero clue about, and that's live gigging. Usually when I think about live gigging, or at least I get that, I think when people have that image in their head, they think of like the starving musician with like a little cup coin that's like, would you give me just a little bit for this song? But that's like, you can make decent money from gigging. Yeah, 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 you definitely can. That's what I do, so. <laughs> okay, so, so let, let's start with this, because what are some of the misconceptions when it comes to, I think, live gigging? It really depends on the place that you get, because every, every venue's different, every booking agent person's different. Like, So I would say so, some things that you would think would happen, like paying to play or mm -hmm. playing for free. That stuff does happen all the time. It's just, you gotta say no. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, and you know, some people feel when they're saying no that they're missing an opportunity. So what would you say to that? Um, I would say if you're starting out, like when I first started out, I did free shows and I did pay for play is like you, you buy out the tickets that need to be sold for that night. Mm -hmm. and then you sell them and whatever you don't sell it comes out of your pocket so you bought the tickets um i've done that once in my whole career <laughs> and i was like mm -mm, not doing that so i mean if you're starting out i would say it there's there's no harm in doing that but after you're kind of seasoned with it you can't keep doing those gigs you, you gotta find the, the better paying ones and I feel sometimes, at least when we did that as a band, it was like out of, oh, I guess we need to do that. But the idea of like championing yourself as an artist and being like, I'm worth that. Sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to cause a fuss. 
But how do you get to that state? <laughs> You're like, oh no, it's like, it's like cause a fuss, be like, totally do that. Um, so when you feel like you're seasoned enough and you kind of have that confidence behind, like you have some great originals, you also have quality stuff. Like your guitar isn't like this like empty, like hollow, like holes in it, but like you're upping your performance. You're really taking that, that that's a level where you can start to, I guess, how do you go about that? Yeah, so I think, like, really practice makes perfect on that. Like, every show is a practice, you know? Ooh, okay. You obviously practice in your home or practice in a band space or whatever, but every show is a practice for being in front of an audience and seeing how everybody interacts. So, wait, what was the question again? <laughs> I'm, like, getting into, like, ooh. Okay, so that's another, the, I like that idea of, like, kind of the the analysis or basically how do you take, it's almost like you're you're extruding data from that experience to be like, what can I use and apply it for next time? But how do you start to then, if pay to play, you get to that point where you know that you're seasoned, you know that people also come, they show up, they're there, they also yeah. like what you're doing and you are at a level. How do you start to approach like someone in that negotiation? So like, venues, yeah, so yeah. Um, one sheets, are gonna be your best friend, EPKs and one sheets. So EPK is electronic press kit. I'm a, I'm just gonna like explain this. Like do it because no like I'm like <laughs> I think you should because there's always it, um, what's interesting is I think people have a naive approach of what they think is involved, but mm. what you're giving is like that. There's actually another layer. There's always another layer to things. I feel. Yeah. So once once you have like the following and you can bring heads to a venue and you can prove it, you know, like, oh, I have like this many people came out to this last show and I've played this, 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 this venue and I had sold out here, here and here, you know, um, once you kind of have that resume, you put it all into a one sheet, <laughs> which, which okay. is literally a one sheet. Oh, I wish I could like show you mine. But I don't is think it, I can do is that. it almost like a press bot, like a little bot, kind of yeah. like a synopsis, so, if you will, of like a resume? So mine has a picture of me, mm -hmm. and then next to the picture of me is my short bio. Yeah. Um, and then like my streams, like oh, I've gotten a quarter million of streams on this, and I have this, and I have this. Um, all of my socials and how many followers I have on my socials, because people care about that. Oh, okay. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I didn't even like. I didn't even think about how many people followed or like. Yeah, because uh, if you yeah. have a, a good social presence, they'll be like, "Oh, they're going to promote the show. They have all these followers. This is a great way they're going to tag our venue. Our venue is going to get more followers." You know, it has that on it. Um, it has my like latest singles on it, um, their pictures, and then how many streams each single has. Um, and it's it's just like a cute little thing. And then it has like contact information. Um, so it's just like a one sheet to like your elevator pitch. Like if you were stuck in an elevator with a big music supervisor or a big yeah. touring agent or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna give them my spiel of why they should book me, that is what's in your one sheet. And then your EPK, which is your electronic press kit, has more than that. It has your long bio, it has all of your links to all of your socials. It's It's got literally everything. My EPK, I think is like, five or six pages long a million points um, for using the word spiel i think that just needs to be not even epk <laughs> it's just like uh this is the link to download my spiel and it's literally yeah yep. i love that but it's so the epk kind of goes more in depth and yeah gets more into in depth this. and i always send both 
Because the one sheets, like, they just kind of want to see, like, if your one sheet's got, like, crap on it, they're going to be like, "Mm, don't need to check anything further into this person. But if your one sheet's good, they might be like, oh, where has this person played? And on Mm -hmm. my EPK, it lists all the major venues I've played and all the tours that I've done. So it it really goes into detail. It also lists all of the awards that I've won, songwriting awards. It has videos of my music videos, lyric videos on it. Like, it has everything in it. So if they want to look further in, they'll look into that. It's a deeper dive into you and just kind of like, okay. And it has press photos, too, so they can take the press photos out and use it for their advertisements as well. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So to me, even in that is also showing the legitimacy of like what you do. Because like what you described there, I don't think everybody has that ready to go. A lot of people have like... They struggle, you know, can I attach a photo to this email? And they, you know, send a huge, huge JPEG that's like dragging down everything. And they're like, oh, here's a SoundCloud link. Here's a, and then they're trying to attach and it's all mishmash and just like, it feels really. <laughs> mishmash. Yeah, I know. Mishmash. I mean, we got all the phrase here. We got. It's all mashed spiel, potatoes Mishmash. Today. <laughs> and it's, but it feels very not well thought out and it seems okay. really unprofessional like it's almost like you know shirts half tucked out and be like I, I got all my things together and you don't but what you just described is a very systematic process of like here's my resume this is what i've done if you want to know more even more detail here's the other thing mm. let's yeah. talk yeah and constructing your emails in a professional way is also super important <laughs> so- so if you've done a venue that maybe has been paid for play how do you approach that idea of now Okay, let's talk about like actual money. Yeah, I feel like you've asked this question to me like three times and I keep like just going on. <laughs> because what you're also sorry. describing is there's that, you don't have to be sorry, there's there's just, there's more to it. Like, yeah. it's almost sometimes when people ask us questions that we know they want it to be an easy answer, but actually mm. it needs to go through that. You just went through this process of like, yes. okay, I get it. You want paid gigs, but here are the things that are going to lead to that. And if you don't have this there, that's not the important question. The important question should be get mm. your EPK and, and get your one one sheet ready first. Yes. Then talk about the paid gigs. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to rewind a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'd say when you're when you're first starting out and you want to do original songs, I'd like to say that doing cover gigs is a great way of getting into the field of playing live because every single venue, every single bar, every single restaurant, every single event, wedding, anything, all of those things want to hear popular songs on the radio that are happening right now, that are happening in the 60s, that are happening in the 70s. They want to hear all of the pop throughout the decades. So doing cover gigs is really going to, number one, make you more bank than original gigs at first. And it's also going to be great to get you a fan base. Yeah. Not everyone comes out to singer-songwriter show nights, or if they haven't heard you, they might not come out to you. But they're going to go to Johnny's Bar down the street (laughs) that they go to every Thursday, and then they're going to discover you there, you know? So I'd say doing cover gigs, great way of getting into it and sneak like two or three originals into your set. Um, but for originals, start out doing open mics and then, you know, do some showcases, do some songwriters in the round, then do your, your paid for play. If that's what you feel like you, you got, you're there. Um, and then getting out of that, hopefully you've gotten so many venues along the way of that, that you could take all of the experience that you have, put it in an email and say, Hey, I've played this, 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 this venue in your area. 
mm-hmm. I've brought so many people here. You should you should definitely book me for your upcoming availability, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so getting getting out of pay for play or doing free shows is just like literally showing your resume of places that you've played and showing that I can bring in people, I can make you money. I've done this before. <laughs> I, it's the evidence. And I love the idea too of when people think covers, but I love the concept of learning covers purely from also a songwriting standpoint because you're really digesting the structure the melody and the layout of songs that work well so because most likely if you're performing you're probably also writing and if you want Mm. your lives and your 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 writing to be better it's like well you have to analyze a whole bunch of songs that are working and so if you can do that you're performing and making money and you can utilize that yeah as like figuring out like oh so that's modern song structure that's something that sounds ed sheerney that's something that sounds coldplay mm. that's something that sounds you're also doing you're getting paid to do all this homework of understanding songs yeah that's true yeah everything that you you learn from learning cover songs you can apply to your own like it's a blueprint for wow these yeah. songs made it now i can make my songs make it yeah oh, it, it, that, that to me is like understanding all those elements so okay we are amazing we've got all these venues on our head what do you you know how do you even word this in an email that you're opening the discussion about payment well i don't start with payment okay so <laughs> okay that's the first <laughs> starting with payment there. means don't start with payment. okay then how do you start that conversation when i reach out i reach out with a big bang I'm a Berkeley College of Music graduate. I've been signed. I've done this. I've done that. I've done that. I'm, I have my shows on national television right now. Look it. You should really book me. I'm doing this, you know? <laughs> and then they're like, wow, this isn't the average Joe Schmo that plays the same five songs over and over again, you know? Let's, let's look into that. And once they look into me, they're like, oh, she's good. <laughs> Separation. You know? So it's like you're almost trying to say, like, here's the slew of people you probably get a lot. Yeah. You don't even worry about You're like, hi. Because there's so much competition. Yeah. I mean, the, people, some people are in their 60s and have been playing the same bars for forever. They have residencies there. So you're competing with people who have been there for forever. And not that you steal their spot, but, <laughs> but you're, <laughs> you're just trying entering, to get in there too. Yeah. But I love how you're just really coming out of the gate. Like, here's the act. Here are all the things that like this, 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 set you this, apart. where yeah. it sets you apart from. I don't know, the Jimmy goes like, hey, I play CCR covers Thursday mm. nights at Jimmy's Jack Shack. You should have me play. That doesn't stand out as opposed to like, oh, you currently have like three songs that were just placed here. Oh, you also have this many streams. You're really making the case for you. Yeah, because the more professional that you look, because a lot of people, and there's nothing wrong with this at all, but a lot of people are doing this as a hobby, as a side job. You know, like they, they have their nine to five and then they just play Jimmy's Jack Shack. Why are we making up random things? <laughs> but they play Jimmy's on, on Saturday after yeah. after a long shift, you know? Like a lot of people are doing this as a hobby. Because it's you fun. Can pr- they just yeah, think it's it, fun. they love the idea of pretending to play and just yeah. like, you know, and people enjoy their songs and they sing songs that other people have written. It's their dream, but they, they're working nine to fives as their yeah. job job. So this is like their side dream thing. They're not really pushing for it. So if you can prove that like you're really professional, you're actually pushing for this, this is like what you do, you know, that sets you aside from a lot of the hobbyists that are doing it. So 
you're more likely to bring in more heads as somebody that's focusing all of your attention onto your music than somebody that's just doing it as a hobby. But it, this is interesting because this happens with music. Like what we're talking about right now rarely happens in any other profession. Like the person that's like, you're competing against someone that just likes, it's like, I don't know, do you want to go to that five-star restaurant or do you want to go to that restaurant that has no building because they don't have it as a real business, but he puts up this little tiny box on the weekends that you go to and he kind of makes some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to really prove yourself to get because, like I said, a lot of these slots are residencies that have been that people have had for forever. Wow! So okay. if you're if you're trying to get in, you got to really set yourself apart. Do you have a number in mind when you start doing this? Let's say it gets to the next stage. You're like, awesome, we love you. This is great. See, my number has changed so much over the years. Oh, I, that leads I'm to really... another question, I guess. Like, how do you know when to change your number? So I I started out really low market. I super undersold myself so bad. I did too. In anything that I did with, with like recording guitar, because we feel so... Was it a place of like, oh, I'm not sure if I should... Like, did you feel like, oh, that's too much. That's too much. Well, I was like, oh, I'm a baby. Like, this is my first show. Anything I get is good yeah, enough for yeah, me, just, you know? Yeah. I started, let's see, I, I started gigging professionally 2015. So it's it's been a little while. It's not been like I haven't been gigging for like decades. But it's funny how it's, just, it's <laughs> what you're describing, too, is how sometimes we make ourselves sound just like, please, sir. Could I have a little Some bit more, more porridge, please? please? Yeah. It'd be wonderful if I could have this just so... <laughs> I can survive for the winter because yeah. we think, I don't know, maybe it's insecurity or we're just starting out, but, or we're naive or. See, like, well, Berkeley gave me a lot of confidence because that's a really hard school to get into. Yeah. So I, I knew I had something going on, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, starting out, I they gave me the rate that they apparently give everybody so mm. they have like a rate that they say that oh this is our rate that we give to everybody it's not the rate that they give to everybody <laughs> so jesus oh. just booked a gig here on saturday yep that's what we give jesus to jesus does yeah. not get anything else so i learned to after going through okay this is just the standard that that's yeah. not really the standard because um, if you ask your other musician friends that are playing the same places which i don't 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 just dead ass ask people like Hey, when you make them there, don't do that ever. <laughs> but um, if anybody ever yeah. tells you what they're making at certain places and you realize, oh, they're making a lot more than me, that's not the standard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I found out over the years to not settle for the standard and to, to find out what my worth was. Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to jump in the middle of this episode to let you know that Lainey and I actually have something really cool going on right now. If you go to songrangforguitar.com, you're going to see a training video that we just put up. This is where we're breaking down her soon-to-be-released single, Two Weirdos. We walk through the process of how we wrote it. I walk you through the entire production with her. We talk about and we listen to each little section, all the different bits that I recorded, all the little secrets that came into production to bring this song to life. And so if this is something that you would love to know, 
you know, what makes a song feel a little bit more modern? How do you start to use references? How do you start to guide your production? If you want to know all of that, we've got this free training up right now. Just go to songwritingforguitar.com and watch it now. Okay, back to the episode. I would assume now, like, you have no hesitancy in just being like, oh, no, oh, it's no. this. Like, just yeah. that that confidence. How did you get there? I guess, like... Because I guarantee people are listening to it and they're like, this is all good and well. Like, it sounds awesome and great for you. But this sounds like something I couldn't do. Okay. That's a different... That's a different... <laughs> uh, you, you know, because <laughs> even if they have the accolade, like, the, hey, I've been playing, like, I, you know, I have some great streams and I, you know, I have pretty decent following. I just don't know how to just champion myself all right i'm gonna answer personally and then i'm gonna answer generally if that's okay, okay. personal than general go so for me personally in my community in my area in new england there are a ton of older male artists like that's dominating the whole really? place a ton there's only like me and maybe two or three other like younger females that are playing out Okay. Consistently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like about 100 shows a year. So, yeah, the, just seeing like all of these older males getting paid a lot more than me and kind of like lit a fire under my butt. Like, yeah. I can, I can hang with these older males. Like, I, I can, what, what, what they got that I don't got, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that really kind of opened my eyes to maybe people are thinking that I'm too naive Ooh, or just yeah. taking advantage of the fact that I'm I'm young and a girl that they think that they can pay me less and I won't like I won't argue or, or stand up for myself or do anything because um, you do you do run into a lot of sexism in the live music industry <laughs> but that's what lit a fire under my butt to be like mm, it's time for me to like <laughs> raise my rates <laughs> Um, but in I like general, how that's like administratively that's like uh, right now <laughs> this is time to increase my rates yeah but in general I would say you'd probably know when it's time by the way the audience reacts to you mm -hmm. because pretty consistently throughout my year I've had a really really great audience like I've had people throw me hundred dollar bills in my tip jar like I've I've had really really great experiences with people in the audience but I'd say, like, subjectively from, like, an outward point of view, if you're playing a song and the whole room is, like, just not paying attention to you, does not, like, care about you at all, thinks you're, the, like, the radio background music. Yeah. Or sometimes people, like, I've, I've gone to live music events where people do not like the artist that's sitting up front and they will literally walk out. <laughs> so if you're getting reactions like that i'd say practice more and then once you get to a point where people are like really tossing you money yeah. really coming up and giving you tons of compliments asking to buy merch if you're selling a lot of cds every single uh show that you're playing then you're you're getting enough feedback to know hey you know you're you're doing pretty good it's time to to raise your rates that's what i'd say now let, let's get on to that so let's talk about the merch side so let's okay. you include too because i remember we ran into this problem as a band where we always had to put that stipulation of just like we own a hundred percent of the merch sales <laughs> you do not take any of this is that also just another thing that's just guaranteed that you talk about where it's like i'm not sharing a percentage of merch sales i've never had to explicitly say that 
I play a lot. Like I'm from Rhode Island, so I play Rhode Island like over 90 venues a year. Oh wow! Um, okay. So I'm playing. I'm playing a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even when I went on tour, never had that happen. And I've played a couple shows in in Europe, and I've never had that happen either. So I feel like that's for like the bigger artists when like record labels are involved or like. You have like a tour manager that's like, mm, I don't think I'm we were pretty big on MySpace. I got to admit, so yeah, so it makes sense <laughs> that we ran into that. But, yeah, I'm completely <laughs> DIY, so yeah. everything runs through me. But I'd say probably tour managers or record deals would want a section of that. I had an artist development deal in Nashville, and they didn't take any percentage of that either. So, yeah, I just I guess you really need to know your background on that, and like. I think it's really important to know how to write up contracts because you're going to really need that. <laughs> so let's say somebody's like, cool, this sounds great. Where do you, is, you know, is this something where you have to go to like an entertainment lawyer, someone where it's just Mm-mm. like you kind of, no? No, yeah, I write up all my, well, I have a business degree for Berkeley, so. Okay. So. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know if like the average person, well, no, it's, it's pretty simple. Like it's, it. My wedding, like, because I play a lot of weddings, too. Okay. Um, but <laughs> all the brides come at me. My contract's pretty pretty simple. And I don't I don't take any deposits unless it's over, like, a thousand. Because me, personally, I play enough shows that, like, if somebody's sick or they're having or their groom walks out on them or something, I'm not in, I'm not in, in it to take somebody's money if I'm not actually playing. Um, but that's just me, personally. So you can also write up a contract to say. Has a groom walked sh- out? No, that's never okay. happened. But <laughs> if it did, I would feel terrible if yeah, someone yeah. was like, "Hey, I'll give you five hundred. Sorry, the wedding's not happening." I'd be like, "I'm sorry, the wedding's not, not happening. happening. Keep <laughs> it," you so know. Um, but uh, yeah, venues have canceled on me, and and some artists will have like a stipulation in a contract that says if you cancel within this amount of time, you still owe me half of the money that you were going to pay me for that day. Um, so that could happen. I've just never had, I've never had a big venue cancel on me. So. Wow. Okay. So the, really lots of insights on the prepping to know when to charge and also to how to, how to present that information so that you're setting yourself apart. It really is. And it's interesting that no matter what facet of music we're talking about, whether we're talking about licensing, whether we're talking about gigs, whether we're talking about songwriting, we're talking about, it's still down to that networking and creating that separation between there's a whole load of people and then there's you. What makes you different than the slew of people behind you? Yeah, I'd say for me specifically, and also for everyone else that's trying to stand out, drive. A lot of people get burned out really easily. They don't stay on top of their stuff. They're not staying on top of emails. They're not doing all these competitions. They're not putting themselves out there. If you have enough, what's the word I'm looking for? Like due diligence? <laughs> Dude, di- yeah, you know what I'm it's, looking for? Accountability. Accountability. We could go even deeper where I'm like, you know, I feel like you, you know, you're not sitting there around like giving extra time to your plan B of like, no. oh, maybe this is the, this is it. This is the yeah. thing. Yeah. I, this is like literally all of, so I'm, self-employed obviously music is all i do so i'm making money from sync i'm making money from live gigs i'm making money from album sales i'm making money from streams like you everything (laughs) yeah make money in music is what i'm dipping my hands into um so if you go full force you can 100 percent make a living off of just doing music you just really gotta stay on top of it and do 
everything you can. And the songwriting competitions are great because if you write a great song and you submit it, you make a lot of money from <laughs> from winning it. That's um, interesting because like, yeah, I've, I've never done a songwriting competition. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I've never, I've never. Um, that well, was very high Mike, pitched. I you submitted just went... our song this year, so now you're gonna. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, which is awesome, but yeah, I've never, I never thought of that. Like that just never occurred to me. Um, but it, it's that's why I'm, I'm glad we're having this this chat because what's great about you is you have a different lens that you look through music. Like if you, if somebody came to me about like the artist side and just like how I'm like oh. I, I see things through like, this is how you produce and this is what you do. And then everything's done. <laughs> and that's all. Because I don't really do anything else. But that's that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, it's a lot of work. But it seems like they all, there are benefits to all of it because it leverages your, they're, they're all connected because what you said, like streams, all, all of them are different pools of music or I guess different buckets mm. but they all work together because they can help other buckets in this case the gigging side of things and I have one client and I know you know he does a lot of successful gigging but has this happened to you too that like some of the gigs have also led to private events like somebody sees oh, yeah. you at something every gig. and then the, at a meet oh, okay <laughs> yeah every but, gig someone comes up to me and is like do you do birthdays do you do weddings do you do corporate events yeah I do because so, I feel that's another gig. realm that like you know there's the gigs that you're doing for a bar a venue but then private is like that's another stratosphere of like yeah uh, yeah if you don't have business cards on you 24 7 you ain't doing it right <laughs> <laughs> Well, it seems like, as you said, you have to, you never know when someone's going to be like, could you, yeah. And then like mm -hmm. that elevator pitch that you're talking about that you have to be yeah. like, boom, here you go. Here's my card. Here's my QR code. Here's the thing yeah. that I have right my here. My card does have a QR code. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I would imagine <laughs> yeah. because when we were slowing down as a band, that was, I noticed that popped up a lot where people would have these little things and I'm like, what is there's Get out my phone was... But it, yeah. it's so helpful to, to have that, like your Spotify, all of your information. Game changer in this year, too, yeah. is that during the pandemic, people like weren't coming up or doing anything. And it's still kind of sort of pandemic-y. But since the pandemic, I'd say maybe 20% of my audience doesn't have cash on. And so my QR code gives my virtual Venmo tip jar. Oh, okay. So... If you're if you are gigging out, I don't know why, but since the pandemic, Venmos seem to be more of a thing than cash. Um, so add the virtual tip jar to your QR code. That is that is a really good. And I guess that's another question. Since we're kind of you know it's still every year, I'm like we're coming out of pandemic, even though it feels like it's another <laughs> year. Like are we? I don't know. Should we go back inside? Have you noticed also to people wanting to just be out more and just being part of a live experience where before it was like we were used to live events and then there was this period where we were just inside all the time and none of that happened. Yeah. But now that as things pick up that people are out because they just want to be. Yeah. People definitely appreciate having live music after it was taken away. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 2020. Like literally all of it i don't think i played one show yeah. it was all live streams so uh, when when things started to ease up in 2021 everybody was like huh, oh, thank god <laughs> just that slow <laughs> and now it's just like yeah I, I was just curious if that you noticed that there was more of a 
uh, I don't want to say surge because it's pandemic, but like there was a lar larger amount of people just like coming back to to a gig because they were just so tired of being cooped up. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. From from my smaller gigs, there's a couple yeah. of gigs where I play to like six hundred, eight hundred people. Oh wow! And those haven't been happening yet. Still. Yeah. So there's still like when it's like big gatherings, um, the smaller businesses are still like, I don't know if I want to get back into that. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a health code issue. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th that's still happening. Um, but for the smaller venues, like the 50 to 100 people, yeah, they're, they're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> this is, but this is like, yeah, that is like mind blowing to me right now. Just like what you've kind of been walking through because I'm, I, I will I will claim ignorance on this because it's like I've been so out of the loop for so long because I just remembered again MySpace that was my main form of communication <laughs> for booking shows and obviously it's changed a bit um, yeah but I, it's just how you present this it just shows that you can make an income from this but again it's that due diligence it's putting in that work. And then creating that separation between the slew of people that I guess in the nicest way are the dabblers that are like, they just like mm. to play. And then you're like, no, 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 this is what I do like a hundred percent. Yeah. I'd also say with cover gigs, like, like I said, that's an easier like in to get into it and with your foot in the door. Where was I going with this? With, <laughs> with the uh, original gigs, if your songs aren't there <laughs> if your songs aren't mike how do i say this <laughs> well i think what you're saying is if your songs need more work yes like if you your need, songs yeah if your songs need to be reworked the likeliness of someone booking you is slim so if you're if you're one of those people who are like i don't know why i'm not getting i'm not getting booked i'm not getting these opening slots um for major artists i'm not i'm not getting booked at these major venues what's happening I would go back and rework your songs and make sure all of your socials and everything are up to date. Because um, if you haven't been active, they're going to be like, you're not doing anything on there. Why should <laughs> I promote anything for you? You know? What was this? But you were at your friend's birthday party in 2019. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, you, need to, you definitely need to be active, but you also need to make sure that your songs are top, top quality. Um, because if you're showing somebody like a SoundCloud link of something you did in your bedroom and it's got shh happening the entire time, they're going to be like, mm, I shouldn't really book this person. Um, so it's really important to have high quality demos or high quality masters of, of what you're trying to showcase to get booked. Which totally makes, it's funny how even with this, it, it comes back to the song. The song yeah, has to be good. Like it, I said, for originals, it, de it definitely does. But to get your foot in the door, cover gigs are way easier. And that makes sense, too, also knowing current covers and current things. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is like, hey, this song, and you're not like, who? Yeah, I have pop from 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s to today. So I have something for that just every like single a person radio in the promo. audience. Pops from the 70s, Listen 60s, 60s, 70s. <laughs> but, <that's laughs> yeah. but that's awesome that you have that in your arsenal of just things that you know so you could connect to every single person in the crowd because it's not always going to be millennials and it's not always going to be boomers it's going to be a mixture you also have to the interaction too you have to mm. be do you find too that those that are interactive that are more engaging 
do well and the ones that act detached yeah just tend so. to like <laughs> tend to kind of just be out there just kind of like uh, I haven't really seen detached but I've seen a couple ego trips happen ooh. and if you're if you're not if you're not you know giving out good vibes you're not gonna get the good vibes back <laughs> so. you mean giving the good but it it probably does because you know we can read humans where we know if somebody seems annoyed or frustrated hmm. It comes across annoyed, frustrated. So if you're a person that's like, I don't like this crowd, and you have an attitude, and you, it, yeah, I've I've run into maybe one or two of those, but mostly on the negative side of things, it's always people that think they're better than everybody else and are pissed that the audience isn't reacting to them because they're the best in the room, they're the best in the state, you know. If you have that attitude, I mean, uh, no matter how many accolades you have, you can't act like you're the your your poop doesn't stink. You can't act like because <laughs> it clearly does. We have a sample, and we want you to smell it. It's but that just it's again. It's funny that we're coming back to that. So we talked about it comes back to the song, but it also comes back to just like lessening the ego, shutting yeah, it mindset. up. Yeah, mindset. Mindset's huge. And it's funny when people are like, "Oh, mindset doesn't matter." And it's just like, "No, this is like this is so important because you're also providing a service. People are hiring you to provide yes. a service. And if your service is also interaction and you come across as a dick." Yeah, like I like I said before when I was like, "Oh, you got to show your stuff." Yeah. It's a balance. I mean, how I started out being like, "Oh, porridge." You can't <laughs> be like that either, you know? Yeah. Um but you also can't be like, I've won this and this and this, and I'm due this amount of money, and all these people are gonna like. You can't act like that either. It's 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 a balance of kind of humble bragging, I guess. No, it is it is humble <laughs> bragging because what you're talking about is, yeah, you just because it's facts. You can't you know? be overwhelming, and you can't just be like mm. a jerk because nobody yeah. wants to work with that. Nobody wants to write with a jerk, and let alone nobody wants to pay really good money to have them there for hours be jerky. Yeah, yeah, I go over all of that in the co-writing workshop that we that we did about it's so, <laughs> co-writing because, etiquette. <laughs> it's so important. Um, well, this has been very insightful and just like mind blowing because I'm like, and I'm sure a lot of people that are were under the assumption that like uh, people can't make money from live gigs because they're probably not doing the system you're describing. They're just probably just ramming. This is my price, or just like. Could you maybe let me play a few songs on a Saturday? Yeah, definitely know your worth is a, uh, but also be be very personable. You know, this was yeah, this was awesome. So, uh, thanks for sharing your insight on the live gigging world. That was just like, thanks for having me. <laughs> And that does it for this week's episode. Hey, if you enjoy the Songwriting for Guitar podcast and you've been getting a lot out of this, make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Here's the thing. They actually matter. They actually do. They increase our ranking. It, it brings awareness to this podcast. So this is something you enjoy weekly. You download it. You've, you've enjoyed going back to previous episodes. Make sure you go over there and just leave us a little review. I read each one and I really do appreciate it. This podcast was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.